Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Burnout is is very real with this industry, but you know, going back to IPS, charging yourself appropriately means that you can take on less clients and you can take on the clients that genuinely inspire you. And that too can help with the burnout. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real life stories of how other photographers run their business, and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. My guest on the portrait system this week is Kari Fay, and she's a portrait photographer in Wyoming. While she does do many types of portraits, something we honed in on during this interview is how she does her outdoor boudoir photo shoots. Something else we talked a lot about is how switching to doing in-person sales totally changed her business. In fact, it helped increase her sales average so much that she was able to quit the part-time job she had to have in the past. Chatting with Kari was just a lot of fun, and I know you're going to learn a lot and be inspired. Okay, let's get started with Kari Faye. Hi, Kari Faye. How are you? I'm doing well, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for being here. So you are in Wyoming. Yes. Yep. I'm in a town of Casper, Wyoming. It's fairly central in Wyoming, and we just got more snow this morning, so oh, a little I'm so sad sorry. about that. <laughs> very sorry. Very sorry. I mean, it's yes. April. Like, what the hell? Yes. <laughs> Wow. I have a whole thing of tulips that need to be planted, and it's not getting done today. <laughs> oh, that sucks. So your town in general, do you have an idea of the population? I'm just trying to imagine. In my head, I'm just picturing like buffaloes and mountains. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> picture. Um, it's about 60,000 people. Okay, yeah. So not huge, not small. I mean, it's small-ish, but... Yeah, I think it's small compared to a lot of people, but for mm-hmm. Wyoming, we're one of the bigger towns. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So you are someone who you actually went to school and got a degree in photography. Is that, I did. Is that correct? Okay. Yes. Yes. I've always been into the arts, actually. I was homeschooled as a kid and I always gravitated towards art, whether it was dance or drawing or painting. It was always what I loved to do. When I was 15, I applied to go to the local college here, Casper College. It's a community college. And I told my mom my whole first year of college, I just wanted to take nothing but art classes, solely focused on dance. That was my original major. I love theater and dance performance, but I also took a film photography class and I just remember totally falling in love with it. And then after a couple years of being in dance school, I ended up switching my major 
to photography. And that's what I ended up graduating with. Okay. So you were really young when you started. I was very young. Yeah. I graduated with my degree in photography when I was 18. I was the youngest person at graduation. I had to like stand up so they could announce my name in front of everyone. It was embarrassing, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Very cool. So when you came out of photography school, do you like feel ready to be a photographer? I mean, obviously you were a photographer, but as far as it being your career or, or did you not see that path? No. Yeah. I did not feel ready to start a career in portrait photography at all. And actually I was really nervous to take people's portraits. When I was in school, I loved taking photos of old abandoned buildings, old places, and I still love doing that to this day. But I remember being really terrified to take people's portraits, but I really wanted to. So I asked my professor, you know, how do I take pictures of people? And Mr. Keough was my professor's name, and he was very influential on my life. He told me if I wanted to take portraits of people to start by taking self-portraits. Um, So I started taking self-portraits. And then once I got comfortable with self-portraits, then I remember a friend of mine asked me to do her senior photos. I shot those on a film camera. And then another friend saw those photos and I shot her senior photos. And then it kind of snowballed into more people seeing my photos. And so then when I graduated, I decided to open up a little photo studio And that's kind of where it all began. But I really didn't know what I was doing, to be completely honest. Yeah, (laughs) it seems like that's the case with so many of us when we're just like, "Um, I I really like doing this and it's fun, (laughs) but now what? You know, like, where do I go from here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And at the time in my town, because I was so young, there was definitely already established photographers in town and It was very competitive in my town at that time. So there wasn't wasn't anyone that I could go to and mentor under or there wasn't any sort of community with photography. It was very just everyone stayed in their own lanes and that was it. Um, So it was really intimidating. Oh, I can imagine. Especially, you know, what, you were like 19? Yeah, I was 18. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, okay, 18 or 19. Yeah, I mean... And not that there's any reason, you know, just because you're young doesn't mean you're not worth, you know, worth it and all of that. But I could just see, I could imagine myself at 18 or 19 feeling a little intimidated. Yeah. 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 I was definitely, definitely scared. I also, I had a few interactions with some other photographers in town too that left me terrified. I had one gal, she was like the only other person in town who did boudoir photography. And when I started posting boudoir photos, she messaged me on Facebook and she was so mean to me. Oh my gosh, it was it was emotionally scarring. But she was like, you can't shoot boudoir photos. I'm the only one who can do this. Like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And love. I just remember telling her, I was like, uh, I don't think that's how that works. Oh God, I hate that. I hate that yeah. so much. And, you know, in the end, that's on her and her insecurities. And, you know, she's probably worried, like, this 18-year-old kid's going to show her up as <laughs> take her clients. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, uh, I'm sorry that happened. That sucks. You know, it's just like, ugh, whatever. Yeah, it taught, me, it taught me a lot of things. And it taught me just to stay focused on what I'm doing and to not care what other people think. Yeah, so, yeah. It was formative, honestly. 
Yeah, that's that's the thing. I think when experiences like that happen, if we look at it as, you know, the, the saying of that didn't happen to me, it happened for me. And how can I learn and grow from it? Yeah. It's, such a, it's just such a good perspective to have. Yeah, It really is such a great perspective to have, not only in business, but just in life in general, mm-hmm. honestly. Totally, totally. So fast forward now and tell people what you mostly shoot and what your business looks like in general. Okay, so fast forward now. Now I'm 30, which is really crazy. I had like midlife <laughs> crises. When I turned 30, I was like, holy cow. I feel like that I should be a lot farther along than what I am, but it's been a crazy journey with my business. Um, but now I have a little studio in town. I'm actually getting ready to move to a new studio space that I'm really excited about. But my main focus right now is women's portraiture, high school seniors, and family sessions. Okay. Okay. And then in within the portraiture, you do quite a bit of boudoir, right? Yes. Boudoir is... And I, I love to call it women's portraiture. Honestly, like I, I don't even really call it boudoir photography anymore just because sometimes I feel like there's a weird stigma mm-hmm. with people thinking that boudoir has to be this racy lingerie, pearls super and- sexual poses. <laughs> yeah, um, pearls and heels. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So w- when people in town like ask me what type of photos I do, I, I honestly just refer to it as women's portraiture anymore. Okay. Because yeah. it's still very vulnerable to be in front of the camera, whether you're wearing a very beautiful shawl or, you know, I still end up getting a lot of clients who do wear racy lingerie and we do get into some sexy poses, but I do just kind of like to call it women's portraiture. But yeah, that women's portraiture is one of my bigger focuses for sure. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And the reason I wanted to say boudoir, because I noticed you don't have that word on your website either. I just, I just wanted to say that for the listeners, just so they can, you know, understand, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. In the general term of it, it is boudoir photography. No way around it. Just for my own personal branding and how I want people to perceive my photography, I just refer to it as women's portraiture. Okay, cool. Absolutely. Yep. So we can call it boudoir for the podcast. We can say women's portraiture. It really doesn't matter. (laughs) Okay, awesome. All right. So, I mean, what, 12 years has passed from when you graduated till now? Yeah. Do you do this full time now? Yes, I do do this full-time. However, it hasn't always been full-time. When I first got started when I was 18, it was was full-time. Granted, I was still living with my parents and I had no bills. um, So it was very easy to be full-time then. And then there was like a two-year gap when I was like 23, 24, um, that I quote-unquote quit photography I got a job at a local sporting goods store selling skis and snowboards and bikes um, because I was I was in denial that I wanted to do photography full-time. It was really overwhelming trying to run a business and none of my friends understood how much work I was putting into it. And I just didn't feel understood. And I also felt that I was taking on projects that weren't inspiring me. So I quit full-time photography, got the job at the sporting goods store, and then I only took projects that totally spoke to me. And then when I was like 25, I had worked at the sporting goods store for a couple of years at this point, and I realized like, okay, this is not for me. I miss photography. So I jumped back into it full-time with the idea that every winter I've had to get a side job to make ends meet. However, for the past two winters, I have not had to get a side job to make ends meet. And I give total thanks to Sue Bryce for helping me with that. 
Nice. Well, that was my next question is, you know, why the difference? What what did you change in order to not have to have that extra side job? Because that's a big deal. It's a, it's a huge deal, honestly. And I'm really proud of myself for getting to this point because as an artist, we all know that the starving artist is totally a key phrase that gets paired with us. So it, <laughs> it was a struggle for sure. But once I started studying Sue's method and being confident in my pricing and charging industry standards, a lot of people in my town do not charge industry standard prices. So once I changed my pricing, I started focusing on the products that I wanted to sell. You know, I love seeing my photos on walls. So I wanted to focus on selling wall art and albums. And once I priced myself appropriately with those items, I was able to do this full time. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that. When you say price your wall art appropriately, well, well, actually, let me back up. First of all, you said you really love seeing your art on walls. And it's so smart because we will sell the hell out of what we love. And if that's something you love, then it's so smart to focus on it. So tell me when you say pricing appropriately, what does that look like as far as how do you price your work? Like the wall wall portraits anyway. Yeah, I guess pricing myself appropriately with wall art would be knowing that you can charge more than what it costs, (laughs) honestly. Like I used to just charge what it cost and that was it. So I had no no idea or understanding that you could charge above what you're paying for from the printing company. Yeah, it's so interesting to hear you say that because I think a lot of people feel like that. Well, it only costs me, you know, $2.95 for an 8x10. So who am I to charge $150 or $250 for a print? But think about all the time and energy that you spend (laughs) on that print. I mean, it's a lot. Ordering it, shipping it, even just opening the ordering program and and getting the, the photo properly, you know, placed in there and shipping, getting the the address correct. I know these all sounds really lame, but it all adds up. Figuring out your client's address, making sure that's typed in properly, figuring out, you know, having it shipped to you and then you have to package it really pretty and then get it to your clients. Like all of these things, not to mention it's your work. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot that goes into it. And that that was one thing that I always struggled with was seeing value in my work and feeling like I was able to value myself. So learning from Sue and changing the way that I see myself as an artist and a photographer and the moments that I capture, it's like we're all out here as photographers capturing these truly priceless moments for people and if people really love your work, then they're not going to bat an eye when you're like, okay, an 8 by 10 wall art is $200. Like, I have had clients who, they love my work so much. And I remember this one gal, I ended up going to her house and hanging this whole wall art collage because she spent like $4,500 with me. And I remember calling my dad and I was like, dad, oh my gosh, like I, I had this sale. Somebody saw value in my work and she wrote me a $4,200 check on the spot and she didn't bat an eye. And I, I just remember being so proud of myself and yeah. my work too, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it just takes that one big sale to go, okay, <laughs> I can totally do this. You know, people are willing to pay it. Maybe not everyone, but enough. Enough people are, are out there who will pay it. Exactly. What is your starting price at as far as wall art? Like what's your least expensive? 
Wall art starts at $200 for an 8x10. It goes up from there just depending on the size that they want. Okay, cool. Yep. And then let's talk a little bit about how your whole business runs. Like, do you have a studio? Do you do mostly outdoor? You know, talk to me about that. I do have a studio just because I need somewhere to do my in-person reveals. I also need somewhere to shoot because we get snow like six months of the year here. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do have a studio, but I I really love shooting outside as well. So I kind of do a mix depending on the season, gearing up for a really busy summer. I've got a lot of outdoor sessions already on the schedule. So I'm excited about that. Awesome. Awesome. So I I noticed on your Instagram that you have a lot of, I know it's women's portraiture, but boudoir type shoots outdoors. And that's really interesting because I think people usually equate, you know, showing skin and women with in-studio. So I'm just curious if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I do love taking women outside (laughs) and men too. I've done a couple male boudoir sessions as well. I've actually only done two. Unfortunately, I can't seem to get a lot of men um, who want to do a session. But there's something magical to me that... I just love the lighting of outside, the idea of stripping a woman down to being naked just in a natural environment, whether Mm -hmm. we're on the mountain or if we're at the lake or I know of a lot of ponds on our mountain that I like to take women into. In August, I travel to the sunflower fields. They're about four hours away from Casper, but I book four or five sessions every August um, and I get women out into sunflower fields. But yeah, I just, I love the element of just being naked in nature. <laughs> hmm hmm I do too. I think it's really cool. Now, you know, some people might be thinking, well, like, how do you strip down in public? Are you worried about other people or the elements or the bugs? Or like, like, do you have any tips for people on that? Or have you ever had any issues with that? Um, now, first tip is to make sure that you're shooting on public property. So like on our mountain, there's a lot of our mountain is private property. So I always, mm-hmm. I have the Onyx Hunt app actually. Um, it's a hunting app, but you can get on there and you can see if the property that you're going on to is public or private land. Ooh, so smart. that's, yeah, I actually got that tip from my brother-in-law, Nick. He's like, Carrie, you should use this app for photo shoots. And I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. Um, so first step I do is I drive around and I try to find some private locations. And then I check the app to see if like, okay, I can shoot here or not. Because I do like to try to find more secluded locations. I don't usually take my clients to a spot where we're going to run into other people just because it's nerve wracking as heck already to step in front of someone's camera naked, let alone the idea of someone else maybe seeing you out in public. Mm -hmm. So I do try to find secluded locations. My next tip would be, um, I have a little buggy that I take with me when I do my outdoor sessions. So I fill the buggy up. We've got mass amounts of bug spray, towels. We've got our outfits, any props that we might have, we can toss into the little buggy and we just tote that with us from the car um, to wherever we're headed. And then as far as making my client feel comfortable, 
I always have them start with wearing clothes. So it's a gradual process to strip down naked. And that that usually helps women and men alike just to get comfortable with you taking their portrait. And then we can slowly move to, okay, let's take this off. Okay, let's take this off. Okay, now you're fully naked and we're going to do this, this, and this. Um, so that definitely helps. That's I really like that. I like that. Just starting slow, slowly as opposed to just like, okay, close off. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's yeah. funny too, because a lot of my clients are like, no, I don't want to do anything that's fully nude. And then by the end of it, they're fully naked. And those are the photos they end up loving the most. And I just, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really smart. And like you said, bug spray. Bug spray. Yes. Bug spray is huge. I mean, there are certain things that I think people wouldn't think of, but yes, bug spray. I mean, thinking about going into the woods, especially like at dusk in Michigan, it's like, you better have your bug spray or you're getting yeah. eaten alive. Like, oh. Yes, Rubble. bug spray is literally, I literally have like three different types of bug spray. Like, <laughs> Yeah, smart. Now, how do you prep your client? Like it, in order to get them, okay, prep as in getting them comfortable knowing you're going to be outdoors. Like how do you make them feel safe and secure kind of? Um, well, it depends. So like when they inquire for a session, whether it's email or a phone call, we talk about it and I always do a pre-shoot consultation. So we usually meet up for coffee or a cocktail. And then that's when we kind of brainstorm ideas for the shoot. And then that's when they'll usually tell me like, yes, I'm interested in going outdoors. And then when they tell me that, it's like, okay, do you visualize yourself in a field of flowers? Do you visualize yourself in the woods? Do you visualize yourself in water? Like I kind of ask them questions to get a feel for what they might be envisioning. And then I do just kind of walk them through the process just to you know, when you let people know what's going to be happening, they're they're more comfortable when the time comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's smart. Now, as far as, you know, okay, let's talk actually about prep and, and prepping as far as clothing and hair and makeup and that sort of thing. Is that something that you provide as a service to your clients or are they just kind of responsible for their own hair and makeup and wardrobe? Wardrobe and hair and makeup is included in my session fee. So I definitely like to have a very involved approach to each one of my photo shoots. So they arrive to my studio, they get started in hair and makeup. By this time, you know, we've already had the pre-shoot consultation. They've already made me a mood board. I usually have pieces from my client closet already pulled with them in mind. If I've needed to order anything specifically for them, for, um, you know, a certain vibe that we're kind of going for. I've already done that. It's in, it's steamed, everything's hanging and ready to rock in the studio. And then after hair and makeup, we'll usually jump into one of our cars and head to location. All right. So do you ever do photos at your studio first or you just head straight outside? Um, Depends. Sometimes we'll do them first in my studio. If the client just wants to be fully outside, then we will go outside. Okay. Yeah, this is good. So once you do the shoot, you know, wh- what happens next? Like as far as your client interaction? Yeah. So once the shoot is finished, um, we part our ways for the evening and then we set a time for the reveal session. And as you guys all know, with in-person sales, the reveal session is when the client comes back to your studio. I have them sit on my couch. I project the images from my computer to my big screen TV I just use Lightroom to do the reveal. We look through all of the images. 
This is, you know, the first time that the client's seeing the photos. So it's it's always my favorite part. People end up crying, which is always so great. Mm-hmm. And they pick their favorites and then they decide, okay, yes, I want to order a wall art or I want to order an album. And then they make their order choices. They leave my studio. Then I begin retouching the images and I order all their products. Once everything's in, I package it up and deliver them. So one thing you had mentioned to me is that doing in-person sales is something that truly like kind of revolutionized your business and made you, I guess, sustainable. Will you share a little bit about that? Yeah. In-person sales literally changed my life. How did, well, first, how did you do it before? How did I do it before? Okay. So when I very first got started, when I was 18, my clients would come, we would do the photo shoot. I would actually give them a proof book. And it was a little proof book that I could order through White House Custom Color. They would come pick up the proof book. It had all the proofs in it. They would mark which ones they wanted. And then I would place the order. At that time, I only sold loose prints because that's all I knew. And then I graduated into being your typical shoot and burn photographer. So it was, you come to me, we do the photo shoot, you get 50 images, I pick the 50 images, I retouch those, you get them on a USB, bada bing, bada boom. And then in 2018, I got pregnant with my daughter, actually. And it was my pregnancy with her, actually, that really helped me figure out that like, okay, I want to do this for reals, and this has to be sustainable. Like I have somebody else who is now going to be counting on me to be successful. How am I going to do this? And then that's about the same time I found Sue Bryce. And so after watching her videos and listening to her and learning from her, that's when I started in-person sales. And it's been kind of a slow tweak. There's been definitely different price lists throughout the past three years just tweaking things on my end as far as like what products I was wanting to sell and what price points I was at. But now it's pretty solid and I will probably have these same prices for a long while. It's amazing how something like having a baby can really catapult you (laughs) into realizing like, okay, you know, this is real now. Like I've got someone else to support. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter definitely changed my life for the better. And I needed that drive. I needed that grounding because before it was just, you know, clients came to me when they came to me. I never really cared about marketing or advertising. It just kind of happened for me. Photography was just something that happened to me. It wasn't something that I really went out and pursued. But now over the past three years, I've been going full steam ahead. And it's, it's just amazing how much my business has grown. Even in just the past year, it's been really amazing. Yeah, it's, you know, in, in whether, you know, obviously don't have to have a child in order to like feel no. the pressure of it, it being time, but it definitely can help. <laughs> it can be that little, you know, push you need. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So now you said you'll probably keep these pricing, this current pricing for a little while. Tell us, what does that look like? What is your current pricing? Okay. So my session fee is $500 to book a photo shoot with me. The session fee includes a ton of stuff. It includes the pre-shoot consultation, wardrobe and styling advice. It includes professional hair and makeup. It includes the photo shoot, which is usually around two or three hours of shoot time. It, it kind of just depends where we decide to go and what we decide to do. The session fee also includes the reveal session, and it also includes professional retouching. And then as far as my product menu goes, I have an a la carte menu that has folio boxes from Graphy Studio on there. It has wall art and albums on there as well. 
And then I also have the digital collection available for purchase. And then I also have a collections menu. I have four collections on there. My first collection is super bougie and I've only actually ever sold it one time to a gal. And then collection two and collection three are my most popular collections. And those are a mix of an album, a wall art, and some digital images and an acrylic block. And then my collection number four is a folio box and an acrylic block. But my folio boxes aren't super popular. Albums and wall art are what's most popular for me. Yeah, it's it seems like that with, with Boudoir. People seem to really love the idea of having an album. Yeah. Which I understand that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, the privacy factor of the album, I think, is uh-huh. why most people go for it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've definitely had some boudoir clients order 24 by 36 wall arts for their kitchen. I actually did this really <laughs> fun photo shoot with a gal inspired by the movie Calendar Girls, if you've ever seen that movie. It's so great. But she bought three big wall arts for her kitchen, and I just loved that. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I have not seen that movie. I'll have to check it out. Now, okay, so tell us a little bit about your pricing. Well, actually, before you tell us about your pricing, tell us what comes in this bougie collection that you were talking about. Um, The bougie collection is a really big wall art. It's a really big album. It's a little photo box of all the final images. It's the full digital collection and an acrylic block. All right, and then how many photos are you including in each package? It depends. So the full digital collection, so the collection number one would have the full digital collection, which is 50. Collection number two is a 30 image album. So you would get the 30 image album, a wall art, the acrylic block, and then you get the corresponding digital images as well. And then collection number three is a 20 image album, a smaller wall art, the acrylic block, the corresponding digital images, And then collection number four is the folio box and the acrylic block. Okay. And then who do you use for your products? Um, I use Graphy Studio for the folio boxes. And I've been using a mix of Graphy Studio and Miller's for my albums. I kind of go back and forth. It just depends because Graphy Studio has the album that you can put the video in. So for my family sessions, I like to shoot some video with them. So I like to get my albums for my family sessions from Graphy. So that way we can have the video with the album as well. Oh, yeah. That's such an amazing feature. Yeah. Yeah. The video is super fun. I love it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. One thing that you didn't mention yet is how much each package cost. Okay. My collection number one is $5,600. Collection number two, which is my most popular, is $3,600. Collection number three, which is my... Other most popular collection is 28, and then collection number four is 19. Okay, so they, they're spending at least two grand if they... Yeah, that's what I usually you. tell yeah. people when they book in with me. I'm like, you're, you're probably going to invest anywhere between two and $3,000. Yeah, yeah. Now, you have quite a bit of products that you're giving, you know, within your package, and that can really add up. Is Have you done like a cost of goods and that, you know, calculation and all of that? I have, yeah. So I end up netting usually around like... If they do collection two, I usually net around like twenty eight, twenty nine, awesome hundred dollars. So yeah. it's honestly pretty great. <laughs> yeah, that is very great for sure. Yeah. So you know, for people out there who don't really, okay, I will say that for me, it was very overwhelming figuring out the cost of doing goods. I just like didn't do it and just hoped it worked. <laughs> We're so bad. Oh my gosh, when I was first starting. <laughs> 
Um, just kind of hoped it worked out. I'm like, oh, sure, I'll pay $1,100 a month for my first studio and get all the fancy stuff and the clothes and the this and the that. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. Anyway, so now we have the pricing calculator on the website. Have you used it yet? I have not used the pricing calculator, actually. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. There's like these little arrows that you have to click. Like it'll say like business business expenses, photography expenses, whatever. And then you'd like click little arrows and I'll do this drop down. It starts out by how much do you want to bring home in your bank, like net in your pocket. So if you put in like $100,000 for the year, how many shoots do you want to do per month? And then you put that in there. You put in all of your cost of goods and it will spit out the number of what your average sale needs to be. And then it gives you a suggestion of package one, two, and three of what you could potentially charge. Oh, wow. And it's so cool because within the calculator, you include like health insurance, business insurance, website fees, um, studio rental, hair and makeup, like everything you can just write right in there. And then it's such a realistic way to not even look at anything with emotion whatsoever. It's like, okay, if I want to make $100,000 in my bank account after all of my expenses, this is what I need to charge if I'm going to do this many shoots per month. It's just, there's no emotion to it. It's like, this is just what you have to charge. (laughs) It's so great. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to have to check that out (laughs) to make sure I'm on track with where I want to be. Yeah, it's so eye-opening. And, you know, somehow, even though, like, this calculator really helps my brain a lot, but even prior to having the calculator, somehow I managed to be on track with things and and always just managed to make it work. But having this, it's it's it really is priceless. And again, like so many of us are like, I don't know how I can charge $2,500 for photos. Well, this is how, because look at everything you're spending. And mm-hmm. if you don't, you're not going to sustain. Yeah. Especially if you're including print products. Like I don't I don't do print products anymore because I do only personal branding. So my cost of goods is much lower. So I don't, yeah. you know, I don't have to charge quite as much, but Yeah, that's really awesome though. And like honestly, like I was saying, I wish I would have done in-person sales years ago. Like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who's listening and you're scared to make the jump to start in-person sales, like just make the jump and just do it and commit because it will literally change your life and it'll change how you value yourself. It'll change how you value your business. And for me, it has changed the quality of my work because Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I am charging this month. So every single photo shoot, I have to show up and give 110%. I can't show up and be distracted. I I have to be super creative. I have to be in my zone and I have to deliver images that are thoughtful and powerful and showcase the strength of my clients. So that way they feel the value of it. They see the value of what they're spending because of the imagery that that you're creating. So with the upcharge of my prices, it also has made me really make sure that like, okay, I'm delivering the best of the best of the best. Yeah, definitely. There was an episode I did with Olivia Renee. It was episode number 59. And she said that one thing she says is, my process is, and she's saying this to the clients, is you come back to the studio and you make your choices then and there. And I'm telling you, the reason we do this is to make your life a lot easier. Think about the times that you are like, you have something on your to-do list and you never get to it and you never get the photos ordered and then you forget to do the prints and the next thing you know, it's two years later and you're like, well, never ordered your senior photos. you know. So she's like, I'm making this easier for you just as much as I'm making it easier for me. I'm going to check everything off of your to-do list so you don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about it. It's like, make it something that 
for the client, like make it about them. Like I'm making your life easier by having you come back in two weeks and you're going to order your, your everything right then and there. So you never have to think about it again. It's just, you know, don't make it about you and being scared and think about how you're providing an extra service and a benefit to your client. Yeah. Because I mean, it really is a benefit to the client. You know, you're, you're taking that stress off of them and it's just, it's so great to be able to be hands-on with your client as well. Like I said, I, I spent many years being a shoot and burn photographer. And now that I've switched to IPS, it's, it's really fascinating when my clients come back to the studio to watch the emotional reaction that they have to their photos. Like I said, nine times out of 10, my clients cry, whether it's a woman who is getting a maternity session done or it's a high school senior, their parents end up crying, um, whatever the mm-hmm. case is, you know, they, they get that emotional connection to the images. And you also get to figure out what their favorite images are because as a shoot and burn photographer, I, would, I was the one who picked, you know, the 50 images that came on the USB. But now we're going through the photos together and you're telling me which ones are your favorites. And oftentimes my clients' favorites aren't the same as mine. So it's nice to be able to have their feedback on what their favorite images are. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I can just think back, gosh, when I was doing weddings and before I wasn't doing the in-person selling or anything at that time. And I just remember sending off the digital gallery and then like hoping they were going to order an album and hoping they were going to like, like, you know, how many times when you just send off a, a gallery and they still need to choose their package and make their choices and you're just waiting and waiting. You have to chase them down like, hey, just check in to see if you made any decisions yet. Like, oh, it's so brutal. When you yeah. do in-person sales, it's just done and done. Yeah, yeah. And then also too, it's like you have to consider the time that you wasted retouching images that the client's never even going to love. You know, so there's mm-hmm. that factor too. It's like, okay, how many of these images did I retouch that my client actually doesn't truly love and they would have loved other images more? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so you do your reveals right away. Did you say that and I missed that part? I don't do them right away. I usually do okay. them sometime the following week. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. But you show them unretouched. Yeah, when okay. they come for the reveal, the photos are all unretouched. I've culled okay, them. Gotcha. I've done, you know, your basic Lightroom adjustments, but they haven't been photoshopped or anything. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, Karife, tell me a little bit about how you market. How are you getting all of your clients over there in Wyoming? A big thing as to how I'm getting my clients, honestly, is just the fact I've been doing this for 12 years now. So, I do have a pretty good reputation in town and word of mouth is probably my biggest way to get new clients is referrals. I also use Instagram a ton. I use Facebook a ton. Those are just, you know, obviously a given for what people do in this industry. So I I do do that. I'm also a part of a BNI chapter. BNI is Business Networking International. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a few different chapters in Casper. So I'm a part of one of those chapters. We meet every Wednesday. But again, that's just another referral-based opportunity. Yeah. Networking. I mean, I don't know if you've heard me say this before. Anyone who listens all the time is probably rolling their eyes because I talk about it all the time. But networking is like... Uh, it it just totally was my starting, my jumping point for snowball of clients, mm. snowball, for a snowballs, that makes sense for snowballing of clients <laughs> coming in. I don't, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah it's like, uh, it's so great. Yeah. Networking is huge and it, it can be really intimidating for sure. Like I didn't do it for like the first seven years of my business. You would never catch me doing 
any networking at all. <laughs> it's really only something I've picked up over the past year, but it does take courage to put yourself out there and go to these meetings and you know, have your elevator spiel in a sense of trying to explain what you do in a condensed version to people. Mm-hmm. But networking is really important. So if you're somebody who's intimidated by putting yourself out there, you just you just got to bite the bullet and you got to jump in feet first. Totally. I cover it in my personal branding course. I cover it from start to finish, like nailing networking in five steps. And here is what you do. And if you do these things and you do it consistently, it will work. It's so, so, so important. And I know it can be scary. I mean, there were times when I just did not want to go. I would be like, oh my God, you know, when I walk into this meeting right now, I don't know anybody, you know, whatever. But if I had not done that, if I had, you know, freaked out every time and didn't go in, there's no way I would have had a successful business like I do. There's no way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and granted, that's not like networking is the only way to market, obviously. There is a lot to it. Like, I just interviewed Martha Felix, whose social media is her jam, you know? So it just, everyone has their own thing, but getting yourself in front of people and building relationships, I ca- I, I cannot stress this enough, and I and I know you know this, but of, of how important it is to build those relationships. Yeah. And then it just turns into, like, lifelong referrals. Yeah. And it it really is important because, you know, when you are taking someone's photo, you're face-to-face with them anyways. So if you can build that relationship with them face-to-face from the get-go, then you're good. And that's that's why I always love to do my pre-shoot consultations in person. Mm -hmm. Um, If I have an out-of-town client, we'll do them over Zoom so we can at least still see each other's faces. But I love to meet people in person and I do pre-shoot consultations with all of my clients, whether it's a boudoir client, whether it's a high school senior, an engagement session, a family session. I like to meet everyone beforehand just so we can have a little bit of an icebreaker and get to know each other on a more personal level and they can see how I am. I can see how they are. You can get a feel if people are shy or if they're really outgoing. Um, So I think that's super important to build that relationship. Totally. Okay. So shifting gears a little bit, tell us about your studio. Currently, my studio is an old craftsman-style home downtown Casper that I converted into a studio. So the whole upstairs is shootable space, and then there's a detached garage that is also shootable space, and then there's a small, maybe like 10 by 20 room that's connected to the attached garage that I use as my office. Did you buy the home, or is it something you rent? Um, it's something I rent. Okay. And they just let you do whatever you wanted with it? Yep. Wow. That's cool. Awesome. Yeah. So it's pretty great. I am getting ready to move into a new studio space though. I'm moving into an old mercantile building that is downtown as well. It's going to be a lot larger space, tons of natural light, exposed brick, big ceilings. Oh, um, it sounds really dreamy. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm super excited. I I love the house. It served its purpose in my life, but I'm excited to have some new shooting space. As you know, we're we're all artists here, so it'll mm-hmm. be nice to change up my scenery and be inspired by some new surroundings. Yeah, and I love how you said, you know, about the house. Like, it served a purpose, and you loved it while you had it. That's how I always was when I was leaving an old studio. I was just like, all right, you know, you treated me well, and <laughs> a, lot yeah. of, a lot of great sessions were here, but it's time to move yeah, on. for and, reals. And everywhere I've always lived, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll make the garage a studio, or um, the living room turns into a studio, or for a while I used my brother's bedroom as a studio, so... Wherever Kari Faye goes, there always ends up being a photo studio of some sort. But 
I am super looking forward to this new space. It'll be the biggest and best studio I've had yet. So Yeah, that's so awesome. I'm excited. You'll have to send me pictures once you get it. Yeah, yeah I will for sure. Yeah, it, you know, I have been doing in-studio shoots for now, like basically mostly for what, six or seven years that I've foc- been focusing solely on personal branding and some seniors outside. But not that I'm getting tired of in-studio shoots because I really do love the control of it and, you know, I'll continue mm-hmm. to do it. But I'm also really getting my love back for for on-location and outdoor. And mm-hmm. I, I'm doing, last year I did a wildflower field. Like I did a, a test run for it. And this year oh, I'm cool. making it like 10 times bigger. We're doing more than an acre of all wildflowers. I am so excited. Like I might even do family shoots in those. Like never did I think this was going to come out of my mouth, Kari Faye, but like I might even <laughs> open up the door to some family shoots in those oh wildflowers. Like um, if you have an acre of wildflowers, I think you need to open up the door for anyone who wants to shoot in an acre of wildflowers. Nikki. <laughs> Let's be real here. I actually talked about that with my husband because I'm, you know, I'm such my entrepreneur brain is like, hmm, maybe we can make some, you know, passive income doing this. But then I was going to say, you got like, rent your field. <laughs> yeah. My, but my husband's like, babe, no, like this is my sacred space. I do not want people traipsing around in and out. We have no curtains. We have huge windows. We have no curtains. Like, no. <laughs> that's that's so cool that you're doing that though. I have a gal, her name is Sue Cabral. The past couple summers, she has let me shoot in her front lawn actually, because she always plants all these really beautiful flowers. And this year, she's getting to be a little elderly. So this year, me and my daughter actually, not this Saturday, but next, we're going to go help her rake her front lawn and plant all the flowers. So I'm excited about that. Oh, awesome. Very cool. Yeah. There's just something about wildflowers that I just, oh my gosh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to have it blooming, just full blown. I'll just like put a chair out there and just like read there. Yeah. That sounds like it's going to be really amazing. And you're definitely going to have to do some family sessions. I know. I know. Totally. But anyways, the reason I thought of that is because like you said, as artists, sometimes we just need to change it up and mm-hmm. just be inspired again by something different, you know, yeah. and whatever that looks like. Like who knew I was going to be living on, you know, this big property and like it just, you never know what's going to come your way. And, and as creatives, we just have to embrace it and have fun with it. And Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely, definitely important to find ways to refill your inspiration cup because, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're stuck doing the same thing every time, it's like, yeah, it's a different client, but you're like, okay, I've shot on the same backdrop for (laughs) the last five photo shoots in a row. So today I'm going to paint this backdrop a different color and I'm going to spice it up. So my own inspiration stays filled. Totally. Totally. It's a good way to not burn out. Yeah, it's very important to find that balance. So that way you don't burn out because burnout is is very real with this industry. But, mm-hmm. you know, going back to IPS, charging yourself appropriately means that you can take on less clients and you can mm-hmm. take on the clients that genuinely inspire you. And that too can help with the burnout. I love that you just brought that all full circle. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate everything that you've shared today. And I do have a couple more questions that I always ask at the end of each episode. And number one is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? Um, Something I can't live without when I'm doing a photo shoot would be, well, obviously my camera, right? Um, (laughs) I have my tripod and my little prism fractal lens that I like to play with. Oh, I love my fractal. Yeah, they're too fun. Yeah, those are amazing. 
All right. And number two is how do you spend your time when you're not working? Working? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I spend my time doing more work. Um, (laughs) Hanging out with my daughter. I like to do a lot of yoga. And my best friend and I actually just started what we call the Creative Cult. It's like a little in-person podcast at our local artist guild. So we've been spending all of our extra time doing that. That's really cool. Yeah. Nice. Okay, number three, what is your favorite inspirational quote? Uh, my favorite inspirational quote would be, do it scared. Oh, so, I like yeah, that. Just keep that in mind as you're doing all things in life. And if you're scared, you know, do it anyways. Mm-hmm. I love it. Perfect. And number four is, what would you tell people who are just starting out? To not give up and to keep your blinders on too. Like You don't have to be overly concerned with what other photographers are doing. You can just do whatever makes you feel happy and follow that passion. You don't have to be someone else. You can be you. Love it. Great advice. Thank you. Yeah. All right. And where can people find you online? People can find me on my website, www.carifay.com. And from my website, you can link to my Facebook and to my Instagram. My Instagram is usually where I post most of my photo updates. I also share them to Facebook as well, but Instagram is probably the best. Perfect. Well, thank you again. And I'll be looking for those new photos of your new studio. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me, Nikki. This is great. Yeah, awesome. You take care, okay? Thanks, you too. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.